0: with and without Kaizen. Another episode of the Ultra Working Podcast. I'm Sebastian Marshall. We're gonna start with a rant. I sent this rant, it's gonna be productive. Uh, I'll bring it together. I sent this rant to a friend of mine, Rosie Odsey. She's formerly operations director at Ultra Working. Now she's super part-time. She works for us a half day a month, um, doing some wizardry with the the finance and cash modeling. And we still exchange amusing observations on the state of the world with each other on voice messages. So I sent this to her. The audio quality was not great. So I took the liberty of transcribing it because it was just in that zone. So I sent her a nice rant that there's some potential learning from. So you can imagine if you want that you got a voice chat app from one of your friends. And you just get bleep bleep with a couple of messages coming in. And this is what Rosie got for me. Rosie, I got a theoretical question, a hypothetical question. If a clean, very well-maintained, very expensive swimming pool is totally empty at the moment and no one is swimming and it's a low usage time and someone wants to swim, but they did not register using a Google form 24 hours in advance, would the smart thing to do be saying A, yeah, right, man, go swimming. It's first come, first serve, but registered people get priority if people are registered or B, I apologize, sir. But you cannot swim because you did not fill out a Google form 24 hours in advance with the up to one hour you want to be in the swimming pool. So here's my argument. We can uh, can make it very technical. We can make a very technical argument here. Swimming pool has a massive capex, massive capital expenditure to build a swimming pool. It also has a considerable amount of opex, operational expenditure, attached to it in terms of maintaining it, the pool guy, uh, and so on and so forth, all the facilities maintained. The throughput of the swimming pool when it is empty the amount of fitness and recreation being generated by the people in the pool is zero now you'd think that if you had a big capex and a big opex you'd want to get the throughput of the pool up by people doing aquatic things in the pool and whatnot this seems very reasonable to me going a step further you're telling your staff when they're like no no no, no, no nobody gets in the pool unless they fill out this form and reserve their time when you tell your staff to do that the policy that they're enforcing which prevents people from swimming in the empty pool, is actually a net destruction of value, a net decrease in utilization of assets, and a net decrease of the well-being in the world. So that was the epic rant. Uh, I don't know how epic it was. In the moment, it was timely. Uh, but that was me ranting about a swimming pool. We, we booked an Airbnb. A number of our of our team linked up in person. We got an Airbnb. Um, beautiful, beautiful complex. Part of the selling point is very green very nice swimming pool and so on and so forth. Can't go swimming if you don't reserve it in advance. And I'm like, what is this nonsense, right? Like, this is so stupid. But, you know, we're students of the world, if you will. We want to learn new phrases, new understandings of things. Not people like, oh, stupid policy, blah, blah, blah. Either stupid employee for enforcing it, which I do not think is the case. I don't I don't really hold them accountable in any way uh, for this stupid management yes unclear if it's there's an hoa that it's delegated or or whatever it's like semi-fancy at this place so it's unclear if there's like one owner of the whole thing or an hoa or or an association or whatever um with some delegated management it's like multiple buildings that share some some facilities and it's like it's like pretty nice but or i presume it's nice i can't go in the pool so like it looks nice it looks like a nice pool right so we want to actually explore this and um we're gonna explore it on, on a bit of a, a technical level and, and see what's going on here, right? So you see they have a standardized process for, for using the pool, which is that you need to register your time slot 24 hours in advance. Uh, that's either sent to the iPhone or printed out or whatever to um, the not really lifeguard, because there's no lifeguards on duty, but the pool attendant, let's say, who's, who's there. And um, he saw me, you know, whatever. Yeah, flipping my flip-flops off and set my towel down. He said, whoa, 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 you're not on the list. Nobody's supposed to be here until whatever later in the day. And he said, no, you can't, can't get in the pool. 24 hours in advance, you got a rest office just jazz. All right. So this is a standardized process. There's like a way to book an hour in the pool and you have to do 24 hours before they check the list from it and so on and so forth. Um, pool's empty, this defies common sense and reason, it's it's really ridiculous, and we'll get through the deeper analysis later. But I want to introduce you to two semi-technical terms that are very valuable, and this is uh, from a person named John Shook, Professor John Shook, um, and he wrote some slides uh, called the Toyota Way slides by John Shook, they're kind of elusive, like sometimes I can find them when I Google them and sometimes I can't. Um, I I don't know it was like just like a presentation he did like I don't know like 15 years ago or something It's like it's like pretty cool. Like the slides are floating around the internet. The Toyota Way slides by John Shook Um, Can look for it uh, if you want Um, I, I believe he put his slides out in the public. It's just kind of like an obscure slide thing A lot of people in my social circle like the Toyota stuff a lot. I think they're pretty good There's a lot of gems in there, right? So Shook and Shook is awesome, by the way, it's almost even just worth googling him He's an industrial anthropologist and you look at him if you just google John Shook and look at a photo of him the man literally has mako eyes like final fantasy 7 style like he his eyes are glowing like he's a, a a very i would like to meet him someday i hope that doesn't sound weird if somebody tells professor Schoen, hey, you know the ceo said you have mako eyes and like to meet him no he actually seems quite enlightened he's very very technical and seems like a very very thoughtful guy he's a wonderful communicator i love these slides um i go i go back to these all the time and i'm illustrating a point. Um, around this domain, which is quite complex, but he does an amazing job with the John Shuck, Very interesting guy. Um, so he had, these were slides, uh, 33, 34, 35. He's talking about Toyota. Toyota's one of the most operationally sound companies in the entire world, everybody studies Toyota. All right. Standardized work as structured learning for the operator. And he asks, what is standardized work? What is Kaizen? Kaizen, of course, uh, is the Japanese phrase that means continuous improvement. Um, continuous improvement exists in a lot of countries. The Japanese have a nice word for a Kaizen, that's been to a lot of people. What is standard work, what is Kaizen? They are two sides of the same coin, Shook writes. If you try to have one without the other, you will encounter one of two types of various serious problems. Standardized work without Kaizen, or Kaizen without standardized work. And then he goes on. Standardized work as structured learning for the operator, next point. Standardized work without Kaizen. So the work is standardized, but there's no Kaizen. There's no continuous improvement. Bullet points. Employee motivation killed. Human creativity wasted. Problems repeat, unidentified and unsolved. Employees don't take initiative. Improvement stops. Operations, like economies, like companies, like cultures, like species, either progress or decline. Right. So what he's saying here is that standardized work, there's a standardized workflow for how you book a time in the pool and get in the pool and whatever, but there's no continuous improvement to that. We'll get into that in a moment, right? Without the continuous improvement on it, it's uh, no motivation, no creativity, the problems repeat. I'm certainly not the first person that's been frustrated by the pool. Like, hey, I just wanted to take a dip. I didn't think I would swim today, but then I just wanna go hop in the pool, right? Um, and yeah, people don't take initiative and there's no improvement, right? Two,
1: Kaizen without
0: standardized work, chaotic change, sawtooth effect, problems repeat, Scientific method not followed, no root cause analysis, progress impossible to identify, improvement stops. Kaizen, like the scientific method, requires a baseline comparison. So, uh, you know, earlier um, in my career, many, many years ago now, um, I was in the consulting world. I worked for usually not the top biggest organizations in the world, Um, worked with with smaller organizations um, and and small, you know, in in finance. I did some work in finance. I did work in different fields. Um, It can be pretty big, but you know, I, I did have some, some people in the Fortune 500. I did a uh, work for number of the top tech companies and, and some kind of old guard companies that are around for hundreds of years or whatever, a little bit. Um, but in a lot of organizations, I saw a lot of processes and I saw a lot of stupid processes. Um, I'm not throwing shade at nobody. It's just like, there's a lot of dumb bureaucracy in the world that's unhelpful. And I said, I'm, I'm not going to be like that. I'm just going to be like, we're going to get people that are really, really good that don't need to have, uh, the shackles of of standardized work set upon them we're not drones in a drone factory we'll be creative and blah 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 and um yeah I was wrong about that and I'm coming around on it and these these slides open my mind up a lot right so standardized work without Kaizen in Shook's argument is is when you see a stupid process that you think is stupid that's that's standardized work uh, without Kaizen right you know, if you go to a, you know, government bureau and you got to fill out a form on paper and you go over to the next office, and there's almost the, like the next counter and there's almost the exact same form, but like the boxes are moved around, you have to like fill it out again. And it's like the same office, the same thing. It's like, what? This is like stupid. Like, why don't you just double the form or why can't I do this on a computer or an iPhone these days? You know, like that, that sort of thing. Um, or worse than that, things that are totally nonsensical right that's standardized work without kaizen well a lot of people say screw it let's have kaizen let's just improve all the time let's get better all the time but they don't establish a baseline right of like hey we're going to do something in a here's the best practices you're more than welcome to do kaizen to deviate to experiment to study to analyze to improve it it's kind of like you know if somebody wants to get into boxing you know the boxing gloves the sport right uh, they're not just going to like make it up Okay, in my form of boxing, um, you know, you can only punch with your right hand, that's going to be my style, I'm going to be a right-handed puncher, I'm not going to use my left hand to punch. Uh, You're probably going to learn standardized boxing and then from there you learn the rules and you learn the basic techniques and footwork and such and then you might try to put some innovations or put a twist on it and keep getting better and master the sport but… You know, you're not going to start with like, hey, this week I'm trying one arm punching. Now I'm trying this other thing. Now I'm trying this other thing. It's not going to lead anywhere. Um, you have no baseline of comparison. You don't have the best practices. Chaotic change, right? So I think just these phrases are useful to know because I think a lot of uh, younger people uh, and when I was, you know, in my 20s, I was like, hey, like, there's a lot of stupid processes in the world. I'm not going to have any ever. No stupid processes. Well, there's a lot of non-stupid processes in the world, too, and those tend to be processes where people can continuously improve them and anyone can make suggestions, and you can use that as kind of like a, a springboard towards a, a type of artistry, you know? You don't, if you're making a painting, you don't have to do a still life, but if you do a still life, there's like conventions that you kind of start there and then can, you know, put a twist on them or deviate from them, and that's totally cool. You wouldn't just haphazardly, I don't know, I don't know, with modern art, who knows what you can say about art anymore, but, you know, at some point, you're not making a still life if you don't start with some of the conventions, and then use that as a point of departure, right? Um, certainly for a lot of safety things like aircraft maintenance. Yeah, like actually this is one of the things that that around the world a lot of a lot of places have gotten right and if I recall correctly, the United States was one of the leaders in it. Every time there's a plane crash, they do such a thorough investigation and like promulgate all the standards on like why that plane crashed and what errors there were to the aircraft manufacturers and pilots and airports so it doesn't happen again and like air safety is like, it's like safer than being in a car. Um, so like, that's pretty cool. That's like standardized work. We do standard set of maintenance and check the fuel thing and de-ice it and like make sure there's clearance on the runway and all sorts of jazz like that. And then whenever you see weakness in the process, and especially when there's a crash, then you analyze it and you improve. And you improve the process. So here's what I am pretty sure happened with the swimming pool. There's a process. When someone goes to swim, they got to double check the register and, and whatnot. Um, this was put in place um, as a COVID measure when it was uh, made mandatory. tour before that. The pool was a normal pool. I asked about that and like I knew um, and I strongly suspect this was in place before the vaccines came out. And there's a bunch of reasons why I think that's true. But the biggest one is they don't ask in the registration form to check a box if you're vaccinated. Other parts of this, it's like a big, there's kind of like some big rack facilities that are shared by like multiple um, condos that kind of ring it um, or, or apartment building. I don't know what the, the ownership structures are in the, the place. Right. And uh, then the vaccines came out and they never updated the pool standard and they didn't update when COVID mutated and regulations, uh, legal regulations, uh, government government regulations were increased and later decreased. It's, it's like an out-of-date, stupid policy, right? It's 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 not it's not legally binding anymore. I don't see any health benefits to it. You know, I could see a thing where like, you know, if somebody else wants to use the pool and they're registered and they're not or something. There's actually like two pools, by the way, the first one, the indicated pool. so it's like there's like two pools. If you have two people spontaneously, so this one, whatever. Or like this pool is reserved or whatever, but like the pool is explicitly not being used at that time, right? And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, uh, this, is, this is like an out-of-date stupid policy. Um, it's leading the employees here to make the place less enjoyable. Like I said, it's an Airbnb. I don't think it was the deciding factor, but it moved me from like, oh, this is so cool, we have a great pool, to like, yeah. If we're thinking about moving to another neighborhood, I'm now on board with it. It's a beautiful-looking pool. I don't know if it's any good to swim in. I just couldn't tell you. I haven't, I haven't been in there yet, right? Um, so whose fault is this? Well, you, you know, there's that, that quote um, from the U.S. Navy SEAL team members, uh, Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. There are no bad teams, only bad leaders. I've come around. I used to not like that quote, but I've come around on it. Seems to apply here. Um, I, I don't think it's at all the functional staff's fault, right? The guy near the pool, after I gave up trying to persuade him or the receptionist, he was like pretty cool and sympathetic. He's kind of saying a lot of times, yeah, it's stupid, man, but I've we, got to enforce it, you know. And yeah, I think there's two ways to fix this. Um, I think the best way, if possible, would be for this complex to adopt standardized work with Kaizen, um, and that's very hard, but would, if successful, transform this place from like totally okay, you know, low end of luxurious, like it's a nice place, but it, it could become really exceptional. Um, and, and, you know, when you do that, when you adopt these, these things that move you towards operational excellence, it becomes like a more enjoyable work to, place to work, less work needs to get done, but you need to invest up front in training and systems and thinking through and clarifying and such. Okay, that's a difficult journey. It's like I don't know who owns it or the management or, or or whatever. It seems like it would be potentially economical if they, you know, if they wanted to. Um, like it would seem doable if there was somebody that was like wanted to do that in the leadership structure. Like I, I think they could afford to do so, right? But if that's too big of an ask, well then just put some basic controls in place to review policies more often from time to time so they're not so out of date. Monthly? Quarterly? Like this policy's been out of date for a while. It is a, a an out of date totally made sense presumably as an emergency measure when nobody knew what was going on with COVID, like i would have very much supported it when the state of information was low they wanted to be super careful everyone book exactly their hour they'll have exactly an hour there's absolutely enough time that anybody can go swimming you know as, as much as possible and you have to choose your times and know you're going to be safe because there's going to be like lane separators and whatever and they're going to allocate you and it's full on point or whatever yeah, and now that pool's empty, there's two freaking pools. Like, let me get in one of them. And if two people come that are registered, I'll, I'll leave if that's still an issue, right? But, you know, they enforced it with the utmost, there's a crisis, we got to do it. And then they just didn't take the crisis tools off. I'm pretty sure that they don't want this policy and aren't even aware of it, right? I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. So, that's what happened. Uh there's a systems problem in standardized work, which is not bad, without Kaizen, which is bad. And the opposite, Kaizen without standardized work is also really dubious. So two new semi-technical phrases for you, standardized work with Kaizen and standardized work without Kaizen. You can add those to your lexicon when you're analyzing. Almost all stupid bureaucratic procedures that are bad are standardized work without Kaizen, which is bad. That's some new ways to analyze problems, right? Do we have kinds in here and do we have enough standardization that we can compare? That doesn't have to be like micromanaged or, or, or super spec'd out, right? But just enough that you at least have the baselines of how you do things, the best practices get captured and repeated, right? Um, you know, if you're learning how to paint, you start mixing up paint the way that the, the, the standard way to mix paint is, you know, uh, you, you know, you go through just a trial and error before you even paint it. you learn to paint and then if you want to mix your own paint from, from, you know, raw materials and such, great but you know you start with the way that that is known to work right um so you start there and then you can depart from it you can you can add kaizen experiment and try to find better and newer and interestinger ways of doing things um and that's cool so it's also a way to analyze systems and procedures um do we have enough standardization here that people are doing best practices and is there kaizen available where people can continuously improve them feedback can get there. You know, in the ideal world, that staff member is like, hey, you know, a guy was kind of like, he was cool about it. But he was a little ticked off that he couldn't swim today. Do we still need the, the COVID regulations? You know, the government regulations have changed. We've learned a lot more, vaccinated, whatever. You know, like, eh, should we think about updating that? Maybe we want to survey the residents of the building if that's important to them or something. But like, like this guy could have just raised it in the, the management structure. Ten minutes of passing it up the chain of command. Two hours of talking about it, probably. If there's a survey, I'll take a little bit more time to look at the answers, but not much. And then the pool will be open and it'll be like a nicer world, right? But no Kaizen. So, two new semi technical phrases for you standardized work with Kaizen and standardized work without Kaizen. A new way to analyze problems and hopefully an amusing swimming pool throughput rant. Thanks for listening. Be well.